all the harmony and fun stuff. I don't know if you could hear it or not, but um, we have one of God's creatures in one of our ferns. And I believe it's either a cricket or a frog, and it was lifting its voice in praise. Uh, and even joined us in prayer, and I thought it was one of you guys, your phone's over here making, you know, like an alert. <laughs> I was like, would they just turn their phone off? Sorry about that, froggy. Anyway, this morning we are going to continue our look at the book of Acts. Um, last week we looked at um, Acts chapter uh, 6 and 7, the life of Stephen, and, and uh, today we're going to continue in, in chapter 8 and look at a fellow named Philip. Now, when you read through the New Testament, you find there are several Philips in there, uh, four to be exact. Philip was the name of two of King Herod the Great's sons by different wives, and um, the other two were servants of God, and they're instrumental in the early church. Uh, One was Philip the disciple, an apostle of Jesus Christ. He would have been one of the twelve, and we recognize him. And the other was this fellow named Philip, and they referred to him as the evangelist, Philip the evangelist. And that is who we're going to be talking about uh, today. Um, Philip is often assumed that he was one of the 72 that Jesus sent out in Luke 10, 1. You remember Jesus sent out the 72 in pairs, and they went out doing fantastic things. Now, the Bible does not make that connection him particularly, but we do believe he was one of them since he was uh, so close uh, to the disciples all the time. Uh, We do know that he was one of the original seven selected to serve in the Jerusalem church. Uh, Last week we talked about Stephen being one of them. Philip was another one of the seven that were to take care of the widows, the the Greek uh, or Hellenistic Jewish widows. And we see him listed in Acts chapter 6, verse 5. Now the question is, whenever you start talking about things like this, there's a lot of history to it. Um, The question is, why is this story in the Bible? Why do we need to know about Philip and his story? What difference should it make for us in 2021? Well, let me see if I can help you with this a little bit today. You know, life can be hard at times. Sometimes we face difficulties with our health or the health of someone that we love. Sometimes our finances are not where they need to be, creating stress on us, and our family is threatened. Our sense of security and livelihood is challenged. Sometimes others stress us out with the decisions they are making. They create difficulties for us. Some of you are like, yeah, there are some people who stress me out. They are. Well, Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 1.9, he said, what has been will be again what has been done will be done again there is nothing new under the sun well isn't that comforting so it's either comforting or disturbing anyway it's true the stories of faith we read about in the bible involves people people with struggles just like us they have loves they have joys they have hopes they have dreams like we do they also face challenges just like we do. And here is some encouragement. They sought to be near to God and obedient to God like we do. So there's this common thread that we can find comfort and encouragement from the stories that we read about in Scripture. One of the things that stands out to me in the passage we are about to read is that 
everywhere I go, everywhere, God is there. He's waiting, calling, encouraging, making a way. He's influencing for his kingdom and your relationship with him. There is an opportunity everywhere we go to enhance our relationship with God. The psalmist writes in 139, verses 8 to 10, he says, If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. That means while driving my car, God is there. When I cook dinner, you are there. When I work in the yard, you are there. When I sleep, when I play, when I worry, when I cry, when I sing, when I dance, you are there. God is present everywhere I go. I'll let that sink in just a bit. God is present everywhere you go. On your good days and on your bad days. When I'm aware of his presence and when I'm unaware. Everywhere I go, God is. We pick up today in Acts chapter 8 with verse 1. Stephen has just been stoned to death, and we begin reading here, and it says, And Saul approved of their killing him. On that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned him deeply. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the message, the Messiah, there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now what, what happens in your life when the going gets tough? What do you do when struggles face you? What happens when persecution or, or an attack comes your way? Do you pray more? Do you seek out support from your family and your friends? Do you seek understanding and purpose in your pain? The why is this happening? What good could possibly come out of this? I bet you do. When troubles come, we who are wise turn to God. When Matt Hearn, a pastor from Gateway, learned that he had an aggressive cancer, He ran to God even closer than he was already running. He used his affliction to point people to the Savior. He took every opportunity he was given to tell people about his eternal hope in Jesus Christ. Be it on the elevator up to see his uh, oncologist at Emory, or whether it was someone in in a store line. He was willing to share. When his hair fell out, he used it as, a, as an opportunity to tell him why. And when it came back soft as a poodle, 
It became an opportunity. Hey, you want to feel my hair? He wanted to have a conversation about Jesus. When COVID hit the Grant family up close and personal, they lived out their faith in front of us all, sharing with us the struggles, the doubts, the promises, and the victories. And we all jumped on board, and we rode their faith train with them to the end. God blessed us because of that with a deep, rewarding presence. Many of us, our faith grew, our prayer life expanded like we'd never seen because of this witness of faith during a very difficult struggle. Philip and those first Christians were thrown into the fire of persecution. When Stephen died, things in Jerusalem came to a head and it became clear that Christianity could not bloom as a branch of the Jewish faith right there. They were plants from the same stock, but they were different plants. The Christians, except for the apostles, those twelve, were driven out of Jerusalem, and they were scattered abroad. Now, nobody likes to be run off. Nobody wants to be uprooted. This scattering was something that people would not have chosen for themselves. No one likes to be dispossessed or evicted. And at the time, this had to have looked like pure disaster to them. And yet, it was that very disaster that was to lead to the dispersal of the good news about Jesus. The Christians fled to the coastal towns and ultimately all the way to Rome. Why? Why did they go that direction? Well, if there's one thing the Jewish leaders liked less than those early Christians, it was the Samaritans. And they didn't want to go and follow them there. The second reason they fled to Samaria is because Samaria was open to the gospel. You may remember Jesus went there and, and he said, we must go through Samaria. And they were saying, why? And he's like, because there's work to do there. And then he went there and he had his encounter with the woman at the well. And later the whole town turned out because they were eager to hear about the Messiah and the message of salvation. Folks, opposition, persecution, troubles often lead to great opportunity for the kingdom of God. When you are sick, others who are also sick will listen to your witness. When you are struggling, others who are struggling will listen to your witness of hope. And when persecution hit Jerusalem, the scattering Christians looked like a, a bursting of a seed pod, scattering the truth of Jesus everywhere they went. So often it happens in history that the faith of Jesus moves forward by steps that seem to us to be steps toward destruction and defeat. The most painful events in a person's life may be the means for releasing unknown talents and powers in them. The historian and theologian Tertullian said these words. He said, kill us, torture us, condemn us, grind us to dust. The more you mow us down, the, the more we grow. For the seed of the church is the blood of Christians. Every single drop of our blood springs up some 30, some 60, and in some 100-fold. 
once they were scattered abroad, they faced the dangers of a homeless people. But they carried with them the seed of a new life that was meant for the whole world. We carry that same seed. Once they were scattered, they preached the word wherever they went. In other words, they used their extremity as an opportunity. If they could not preach Christ in Jerusalem, they would preach him in some other place. The main thing was to tell the world about Jesus. What is the source of your hope? This is where we need to check in to this story right here. Can I say I, I will live for Jesus everywhere I go? Can I say that I will follow and be faithful to telling others about Jesus uh, through my words and my deeds? Regardless of my circumstances in life, whatever is happening, whatever I may be going through, will I still be faithful to share Christ wherever I go with anyone I have the opportunity to? Am I willing to want, above all things, to do God's will, whether I am sick or well, rich or poor, happy or sad? Am I willing to be a part? God's kingdom is coming. The question is, will you be active in bringing it in, or will you be standing on the sidelines, watching? Philip's witness was so powerful that many came to faith in Jesus because of it. One person happened to be Simon the magician, or Simon the sorcerer. You read about him in uh, verses 9 through 25 of Acts chapter 8. He was someone that was very well known. He was quite a good magician. But he desperately wanted this Jesus. He desperately wanted the power of the Holy Spirit in his life like, like he saw in Philip's life. But what really sets Philip apart in the pages of history is his humility and service to the kingdom of God. He didn't do anything for notoriety's sake like Simon was wanting. He wanted to be faithful to God and follow his promptings. And so he did. Look with me at Acts 8, beginning verse 26 and following. <clears throat> now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the, the Kundike, which means Queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Now, you see what happened in this story? Philip is allowing himself to be led by the Spirit of God to a place that few were willing to go. No lights, no fame, no big crowds, no money, no glory. 
only a soul searching for God. And this soul was an unusual sort, royalty, if you will, not one you might approach easily or even find access to. But Philip had a purpose, to follow God and to look for opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. He got close enough to hear him reading the scriptures and simply ask a question, which opened the door to a conversation. He's looking for his God moment. He's looking for the opportunity everywhere he goes. And then starting right where he had found him reading, he told him about Jesus. He connected the dots from the prophets to Jesus himself. Now, we don't have to know everything about Jesus to do something like this. We just need to know where we are and how Jesus meets us there. And we can share that, especially if we're in a trying time of struggle or something difficult going in our life. We can say, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're feeling. I've been there myself. And this is where I draw my strength. God is everywhere I go. Are you willing to look for him everywhere you go? When times are tough, God's word spreads and gives comfort. When we are hurting, God comes near. When we are confused, God meets you with his understanding. When you feel empty and cannot see purpose, God will fill you with his promise and direction and then empower your life. Jesus came to bring the the kingdom of God. And if we are pursuing anything else, we will find ourselves lost, wondering. Matthew writes, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things, they will be added to you. Philip was a man about seeking first the kingdom in every opportunity he had. Will you move close? Close enough to the chariot to overhear? Close enough to that person to be invited to be a part of the conversation? Will you start where you are and with where they are so that you too can be a light of hope to share Christ wherever you go? Let's pray. Father, your words challenge us many times to be faithful we are sometimes afraid of being rejected or pushed away or even attacked. But Lord, this is for your kingdom. This is the purpose we are walking this planet. It's for your glory. Father, may you use us as a light to the world, as a voice to share the good news that we may be faithful like Philip as well. Father, meet us where we are today and stir within us a discomfort with status quo. Help us to rise up to be faithful to you no matter the cost. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.